second and uh, so Sunday school teachers for our Sunday school teachers Thursday evening I know this is a quick notice but uh, we have quick notices because we have a very quick schedule so uh, that will uh, Thursday evening at 630 if all of you teachers and husbands or our teachers and wives would meet at our house uh, Thursday evening at 630 uh, we'll have a meal prepared for you and some things that we want to talk about for this year this year is flying by so quickly and uh, man we're already into February Lord before you know it we'll be seeing December again time flies and it flies when you're having fun I guess and uh, so I'm having fun I enjoy life so I'm having a good time living so remember that Sunday school teachers uh, brother Cooper had mentioned this morning we took up the mission offering last Sunday uh, night and uh, for our yearly pledge and thank you for all of those who pledged last year and have kept that commitment and uh, we gave everyone an opportunity so if you have you was not here and would like to pledge please put a note in the offering uh, the offering has already passed this morning, but it'll be passing again this evening. And uh, if you uh, want to give a note to myself or to my wife, and uh, we'll get that in the right place. So mission offering. I feel like that God has blessed us for uh, the effort that we have made to bless the mission field. And uh, this past year, we were able to extend our vision not only to foreign missions, but home missions. And uh, we thank everyone for giving to the Lord, and uh, we do appreciate that. And we'll have, uh, um, uh, in our business meeting, we'll lay that out of where uh, we put money and where we sent money and uh, different countries, different home missions, and uh, what, what it went for and what it has accomplished. So remember that, and uh, it's good to see uh, um, Sister... Haley and Brother Joseph's baby. I, I see Sister Haley, so I'm sure the baby is near. But we're glad that they're in the house of God this morning. And uh, for the first time, and Sister Kaylee, our Sister uh, Kelly, and uh, her little one is here this morning. And uh, for the first time, glad to have them in the house of the Lord today. And uh, thank God for babies. Amen. All of that noise and that racket that happens. I know it disturbs some of you. It don't bother me too much. I just preach over the top of it. And uh, so we are thankful for our children and uh, glad to have them in church. And at the conclusion, not the after service, but at the ending of service, we'll be dedicating Brother Levi to the Lord and uh, giving him to God. And uh, this in no wise saves them, but it does put them in the hand of God. And if we ever need God's help, we need God's help today. Amen. And also good to see Sister Lero here with us. And uh, glad to have her here this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John chapter number 2. Again, to all of our guests, welcome. We are extremely glad that you're here this morning. 1 John chapter number 2. Verse number 12 through 17. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you 
for his name's sake. If we stop right there, we ought to be able to shout all day long over that statement that our sins are forgiven. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong. And the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. That's another place to stop and shout. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away. Now this is the reason why you don't fall in love with the world, you fall in love with God. The world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Lord bless you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Many places in this text this morning calls for a place of rejoicing for what God has done and the promises that, that the writer was writing about in the word of God. Number one, that our sins are forgiven. That's a good place to thank God. I'm glad that my sins have been forgiven. Amen. And then he, he writes and he makes reference to just about every category here that you could possibly fit in. And he, then he tells us that, that we have overcome the wicked one. He's not writing to someone who has not succeeded, but he is writing to the church of God. These are letters to believers. And he is telling them, you have overcome the wicked one. But then he stops there and he goes back into uh, things that are of danger. And he says, now, you have overcome, but love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, if any man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father. It's not of God, but it is of this world. And he tells us a truth, a very important truth. Here in verse 17, he said, And the world passeth away. And all the lust of the world is going to pass away. But he that doeth the will of God is going to abide forever. Now, uh, in reading the text this morning, you'll have to hear the end, the conclusion of the matter from my title to fit 
into what this text is saying. But I want to preach to you for a few moments this morning. That's not for me. That's not for me. Now, when we look into the Word of God and we see this, and he says that abideth, it's going to abide in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. The secret of victory over sin, as long as we remain in harmony with the Word of God, sin cannot destroy us. As long as you stay in harmony with the Word of God. Living for God is not something that is difficult. Living for God is not, not something that is impossible to do. It is something that is very, very, very easy to do. The hard work has already been done. The price for sin has already been paid. All you've got to do is welcome the price that has been paid and apply the blood of Jesus Christ to your life. Why people refuse this, I do not know. But so many people in the world today seems that to think that living for God is something that is very difficult. But on the contrary, it is not difficult at all, but it is very simple. Being saved is not difficult. Getting to heaven is not difficult. Amen. People make it like, man, who can? The, the, even the disciples said, whom then can be saved? After they heard the teachings of Jesus Christ. And he looked at them, he said, with man it's impossible. But with God. With man it's impossible. And that is the reason... That is the reason why people seem to find it so difficult is because they are looking through the natural eyes of man. But you must look through the eyes of God and believe that my faith and my confidence is in God and I know that God is able to keep that which I have committed into His hands against that day. Amen. So when the devil tells you that living for God is difficult, Look the devil square in the eye and call him a bald-faced liar because that's exactly what he is. Now, if any man loved the world, the Scripture said that if any man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This is a reason man must not love the world nor the world's system. If we love God... These things are not compatible to us. It just will not work. There is things that, that happen in this world will make a Christian sick. Amen. The perversion that is going on in Amen. the world the today makes me sick. Amen. The perversion that it, me sick. Amen. it, it makes John me upset because Again, living for God and welcome. being a Christian, are you are not compatible with these things. Here this morning. First John Amen. There's some things that, two, that the church can, cannot accept. 17. I write because unto you, little children, the Word of God teaches against such things. Are now, there is great, great um, uh, people, I guess you could call them that, 
think that they're great. They're in great and high and lofty places, so I reckon that would make them have some type of greatness. That they try to tell us what we need to accept and what we need to think. And, and uh, uh, what is the going thing of today's society? But there is things that when you are going to be a Christian that you cannot accept. Some of the things that the world goes along with. And doesn't matter because it's not accepted in the Word of God. They try to say, oh, you can be a Christian and love God and be of a person who would like to have a same-sex relationship. I was reading in the paper just this week. I, I've about got away from the news. I've been so disgusted since these things have taken place. But anyway, I'm not totally disconnected with the media. But I was reading in the paper in uh, the Houston Chronicle, they had a big article about... Uh, a couple of people and and uh, of the same sex in a relationship and uh, that's not unusual to read something like that but they were Christian artists and they were uh, traveling around the country trying to be a people of that that you can be a Christian and have this type of lifestyle now, when you read the Word of God, I know it's not politically correct, but the Word of God says it's sin. It's perversion. And sin, the city that I'm going to, sin cannot enter therein. Amen. There is, you cannot become attached to this world and the world system. When you are living for God, there's got to be a detachment there's got to be some strings cut there's got to be some areas that we are not comfortable with because that we have dedicated our lives to God now this scripture we we uh, want to look in this this is really what I come to preach about this morning and uh, the Israelites were God's chosen people we find that it goes way back to a man called Abram that left his kindred and he started searching for a city whose builder and maker was God. He started following after God, not knowing where he was going, not knowing when he was going to get there, not knowing what he was going to face, but he had faith and confidence in God. So he starts walking with God. From him and his commitment of walking with God, there was a great nation that was born unto him. And they are called the Israelites and uh, the Jews of today. But there was a great famine and the, the Israelites, they went down uh, to the land of Egypt. And uh, there they stayed in the place called Goshen. And they began to wax great and they were very strong and they were very mighty and, and uh, they began to be popular and and uh, they begin to be a great nation. And so the Pharaoh 
And his men got together and they decided that they needed to put them in bondage. So they put the Israelites into captivity and they became their slaves and they worked for them and they built cities for them and they built palaces for them and they built gods for them and whatever the Egyptians would have for them to do, that's what they did. Not because it was their desire, but it was because that they were made to. They were slaves. They were bondmen and bondwomen. They were, their children would grow up to be slaves. Every, every Israelite was kept under captivity of the Egyptians. They could not leave when they got ready to leave. They could not go to bed when they got ready to go to bed. They didn't get up when they wanted to get up. They'd done exactly what the taskmasters told them to do. And whatever they wanted them to do, they were made to do by the hand of the Egyptians. Now that does not sound like a good life to me. Amen. I like I like America. I like being free. And I, I like being able to do what I choose to do. But, but they didn't do what they wanted to do. They'd done what they were made to do because they were slaves. They begin to cry out, God, send us a deliverer. God, get us out of this captivity. God, give us deliverance. Give us help. Set us free. And as they begin to cry out, there was a man, a little boy, child that was born. And his mother hid him because the Egyptians were trying to kill all the male children. And when he got too big to hide in the house, they built a basket and they put this little man child in the basket and placed him in the river. And he began to float down the river and there one found him and drew him out of the river and called his name Moses. And he went and was raised at the hand of the Egyptians. He was raised in the palaces. He was raised in the finer society of life. He had the best of everything. God, it's amazing the way that God has a plan. God was getting him prepared to be a leader but not the leader of the Egyptians. But he was preparing him to be a leader. He got the best schooling that they had to offer. He got the best food that they had to offer. He knew only the best of the best because God was preparing him to lead his people out of captivity. So Moses grew and, and he had a nurse which was his mother that always would whisper in his ear, no matter what they say, Moses, no matter what they tell you, Moses, no matter what they try to convince you of, Moses, you are not an Egyptian. This is not your place. This is not your palace. This is not what God has for you. Amen. I want to tell you parents, you just keep pressing on and you keep telling them you're not an Egyptian. I know you might have desires. I know you might be living in a society that tells you difference, but you are not of this world. You are not, you are not called to be of this world, but you 
you are called to be of another world. Hallelujah. 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 In the background, no matter where Moses was, there was a voice of a mother who was supposedly being his nurse that would tell him when he would go to the temple of the Egyptian gods that Moses, you're not an Egyptian. Moses, that's not God that you're staring at. Your God is a God of I am. Your God is a God of the Israelites. God's got a purpose for you. God's got a plan for you. And Moses was in the line to be great and mighty in the kingdom of Egypt. But then one day, Moses went out and he seen some people striving. He seen an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave and he looks and it makes him angry. And he takes and he kills. I don't know if intentionally or by accident, but whatever happened, the Egyptian dies and he buries the Egyptian. Then scared for his life, thinking that he had his problem covered up, he goes back out and he sees two Hebrews, Israelites, striving, fighting. And he tells them, hey, why, why strive amongst yourself? And one of them pops off and said, you're going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian." Moses fled for his life because he knew that the word was out. He went to the backside of the desert. His life took a dramatic turn if we would look at it for the worst. He goes to the backside of the desert and he's there and he finds one called Jethro. And he begins to tend to his flocks. Finds a wife and he marries her. Starts taking up life but that was not all that God had planned for Moses. Moses is out and he sees a bush burning and it is not consumed and he walks to see such a great thing and he walks up to the bush and he hears a voice says, take off your shoes, Moses. You're on holy ground. I believe that is that is the first recorded place that we ever have that Moses ever came in contact with the God that his mother, his nurse, was telling him about. But it forever changed his life. He was not the same man that he once was because God had a purpose. There was a reason why he was born. There was a reason why he was raised in the palace. There was a reason why that he left the palace and went to the backside of the desert. There was a reason why he stopped by to look at the burning bush. And now all of these reasons begin to come into play. And God's people is crying, send us somebody to lead us out. Give us a deliverer. So Moses goes back. For the sake of time, you know the story of how that Moses began to... Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And then Pharaoh would submit because of the plagues and then he would change his mind. 
No, I'm not going to let them go. Yes, I'm going to let them go. No, I'm not going to let them go. I might let them go. No, I'm not going to let them go. On and on and on until the one last time the death angel swept over the land and it took all the firstborn and it got the Pharaoh's attention. And the Pharaoh told them, said, get out. Get away from me. I don't ever want to see you again. And so they started, and they, they began to give them gifts. They, they went in and they took everything that the Egyptians had. They took their, their rings, their jewelry, their diamonds, their money, their cattle. They, they started raking it all in before they left, and they took off. Now, God took them the long way around. The Scripture said that He did not take them the way of the Philistines because... He knew that if they left, God already had, he already knew what Pharaoh was going to do. Pharaoh was going to get angry, and Pharaoh was going to change his mind, and Pharaoh was going to pursue after the Israelites. So God took them the long way instead of through the Philistine country. He knew that Pharaoh would try to recapture them. The Philistines might even help. With the war so soon, Israel might return back to Egypt. Long slavery had weakened their will to resist, which may explain why they sinned in the wilderness. So God helped them avoid military, the military campaign by taking them through the wilderness and the Red Sea to enter Sinai. South of the Philistines. The actual place of passage through the Red Sea is supposed to have been 12 miles wide from the Egyptian border to the wilderness of Sur. The valley where they were, were terminated, the Egyptians were terminated at the sea. The mountain cut off the escape to the north and to the south. Thinking that the Israelites was trapped, Pharaoh entered the valley the rear, from the rear, and cut off any seemingly possible way to escape. So here we have the Israelites. They have the Red Sea in front of them. They have the mountains to the right and to the left. They have the Pharaoh's army and his chariots, his choice chariots, pursuing them from the back. There is no escape. There is no way to get out. There's nowhere to go, and here they are thinking. Now, God, why did you lead us to this point? God, why did you take us this way? Have you ever wondered why God is leading you in the direction that He's leading you? Why, God, didn't you just guide me around this instead of taking me through this? Why, God, didn't you just put a bridge over this Red Sea and then I would have faith to walk on the bridge? Seventeen miles, no way to swim, no way to get across, but God had a plan to wipe the Egyptian army out. And so the Israelites begin to cry and they begin to murmur and they begin to complain. God led the people for a purpose into the wilderness by the Red Sea. Verse number 12, the 14th chapter of the book of Exodus. This starts the long journey 
of 40 years of wandering in the wilderness when it should have been a short journey. This is what started the complaining. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? This is the Israelites speaking to Moses saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. Now, when I read in the Bible, they are praying for a deliverer. That's what the Bible says. But here they said, we told you, Moses, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptian. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in this wilderness. Man, they were a mixed up bunch of people. They were, they were so mixed up that they thought that living in bondage was better than death. I don't know, but I'm, I'm of the opinion, give me liberty or give me death. Somebody's got to have some relief around here. Amen. But, but that was not their opinion. They were satisfied and, and willing to turn around and throw up their hands and surrender to the Egyptian army and let them take them back to the place of bondage that God had set them free from. Amen. They were shouting. They were excited as they were leaving Egypt. Moses is the man. God is the God. God has led us out. God has delivered us with the mighty hand. But just a few days down the road, when tragedy strikes, man, I wish we'd have just stayed home. I wish we'd have stayed in Egypt. I wish we'd have just been left alone. Now the scripture tells us in Luke 17 and verse number 1, Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. Now anybody catch that? It is impossible for these to pass, but offenses are going to happen. What are offenses that the Scripture is talking about? In the Greek, uh, interpretation of this offenses here says the cause of displeasure. There is going to be sin. There is going to be displeasure. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be hardship. There's going to be hard days ahead. Amen. Like the Apostle Paul said, you're going to suffer shipwreck. I see by the Holy Ghost that trouble is coming. But whatever you do, stay in the ship and don't leave the ship. Don't abandon ship. Amen. I want to tell you today, there is trouble that is going to face every Christian in your walk with God. We're not living in a carefree society where there is no problems and no difficulties and no distractions, but we are living in a real world. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be offenses that is going to come. Amen. Amen. There's going to be trouble. Anybody ever had any trouble? 
Anybody ever had anything that didn't go your way? Amen. Anybody ever had anything to happen that you just really did not plan for? Some of you have, some of you haven't. You will tomorrow, all of you that can't raise your hand. But we've all had trouble that comes our way and problems that we face that we say, God, why did this happen? Amen. One writer said, when I would do good, evil is always present with me. It's everywhere. Trouble is going to happen. Offenses is going to come. And this causes a lot of people to want to turn back and go back from the pit that God dug them out of. Now, I don't know about you today, but I was not happy where God pulled me from. I was not a happy camper. I was a miserable person. My life was messed up. My desires was messed up. My thinking was messed up. My priorities was messed up. My direction was mixed up. I didn't know where I was going and what I was going to do when I got there. I was in sin. I was on my way to a devil's hell. The devil told me what to do. You say, oh, that's, you was devil possessed. The scripture said that whom you lend your members to obey, servants ye are. Amen. I was a servant to sin. I was a slave to sin. I wasn't a happy camper. I did what the devil told me to do. I went where he told me to go. But God pulled me up out of a wretched pit. And I don't ever want to forget where God delivered me from. Hallelujah. 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 If it was not for God's mercy... I'd make the devil a, a, a prime showpiece. I could have been the best alcoholic, the best, the best smoker, the best drug addict that the devil ever had, but it was but for the mercy of God that I stand before you today and the devil wants to tempt you into going back. I come to tell the devil that's not for me. I'm not about to turn around and I'm not about to go back from the pit that the devil that God pulled me out of and the devil had me thrown into. Amen. God has delivered me. Hallelujah. 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 Offenses is going to come. Trouble is going to happen. Amen. There's disappointments that's going to take place. And here the children of Israel started their long line of complaining and bickering and backbiting and murmuring against God and against deliverance. And they even said one time, I would to God we could go back to the garlic and the onions of the Egyptians that what they had there for us to eat. And God God has delivered them manna from heaven and God is pulling water out of a rock and God is opening up the Red Sea and destroying their army. Amen. You need to get your eyes off of your little problems and your little hang-ups and get your eyes fixed upon the miracle working power of God and what God has done for you and where God has brought you from and what God has delivered you from and how God has set you free. I don't know about you today, but I feel good being free. And I don't 
Hallelujah. 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 Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People get, they keep little ideas in their head and in their mind. And they hang on to some things and say, oh, I'm preparing for a rainy day. Just in case I've got this, I've got a way out, I've got an escape route. Amen. If you're going to serve God, you can't love the, the world, nor the things in the world, nor the things of the world. For the love of the world is not of God, but it is of the world and of sin. But you've got to be totally committed. You cannot straddle the fence and be happy. Amen. What you need to do is make up in your mind and in your spirit, I'm going to dive off into church and I'm going to be right in the great big middle of what God is doing and what God has got. I'm going to be happy serving God. I'm not going to be a miserable Christian, but I'm going to be totally committed and totally sold out to God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. The children of Israel complain. Oh, I wish we had stayed in Egypt. Always wanting to go back. They wound up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years until everybody but just a chosen few that left Egypt was able to go to the promised land because of their complaining and their desires to go back. If there's anything that God hates, he hates a double-minded man or a double-minded woman. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He can't make up his mind. He don't know whose side he's on. Amen. Like the guy fighting in the Civil War that had on a gray coat and blue britches. Amen. That's a dangerous place to be. I can't make up my mind who, whose side I'm on. I, I don't know, and you're getting shot from both angles. You, you, you're getting in trouble from both sides of the fence. You better just jump off in the middle of God's work and get excited and I have found out the more you get involved in God the less time you have of complaining Amen. The ones that was in the know, the ones that was in the in the happening, the one that was in the inner court, the one that was around Moses, the one that was working with the people of God. They didn't have time to sit off and wonder what what's this? What's going to happen now? Where are we going to eat now? What we're going to do now? Where are we going to go now? No, because they were too involved in what God was doing and where God was taking them. We are on a journey, church, and if you could ever understand. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Amen. We have fallen in love with this place. We have fallen in love with this world. But we need to get refocused. God, it's not about me. And it's not about what I have here. But it's about a kingdom on the other side. I've got a mansion waiting on me. I've got friends and loved ones waiting on me. Amen. I've got Jesus who died for my sins that's going to welcome me home. Hallelujah. 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 Going back. That's not for me. Quitting. That's not for me. Stopping. That's not for me. 
Amen. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 13 and 14. Amen. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. I'm forgetting those things which are behind and I'm reaching forth unto the things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. I forgot what yesterday held. Amen. I've not forgotten the misery that I had, but I've forgotten that I want to go back and I want to turn around and I want to quit serving God. No, I've got my I sit on a prize. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me that, that day. And not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. Amen. He said, I got my eyes set on a prize. And I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Quitting's not for me. Turning back is not for me. Going back to bondage is not for me. I am going to make it. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Lord, I must hurry. Hebrews chapter 11. What we know as the hall of faith. Now the hall of faith is filled with people of great faith. But it's not filled with people who survived. Amen. Some of them were sawed asunder. Some of them were fed to lions. Amen. Verse number 313 says, These all died. They all died. They all died. They all died in the faith. Woo! Every one of them died, but they died in the faith. Amen. That's the testimony that I want to have. I know I'm going to die one day, but I want to die in the faith. I want to die in the church. I want to die prayed up. I want to die on fire for God. I want to die shouting the victory. I want to die shouting the joy of God in my soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They all died in the faith, not having received, not having seen the promises, but have seen, having seen them afar off. Amen. And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly amen that they seek another country and truly if they had been mindful of the country from which they came out they might have had opportunity to return amen the devil's going to put you a turnaround place trust me the devil's going to put you a place that says you turn right here this is a good getting off place for you amen but you've got to plainly say I'm going after a country I'm seeking a land I'm seeking a place whose builder and maker is God. Don't count me out yet, devil. Turning back's not for me. Throwing in the towel's not for me. Quitting is not for me. But I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be
be dedicated to God. I'm going to be consecrated to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But see the key, the key here. And I'm getting ready to quit. I'm not done. And I don't feel like quitting because I feel good. But I'm about to quit. Amen. The key here is that they declared plainly that they seek a country. And it says, and truly if they had been mindful. If they had been mindful. This lets me know that they were not mindful of that country from whence they came out. Abram started walking with God. Abram, you're getting old and you don't have a son. But God promised it. Woo! You're getting ancient of days, Abram, and it still hadn't come to pass. But you see them footsteps in the sand everywhere I step. Everywhere I place my foot. I must keep on walking because God has already promised it's going to be yours, Abram. Just keep the faith. Just keep the faith. Amen. Mama would call him on his cell phone and say, Honey, won't you come back home? It's hot and dry out there. No, I've got a made-up mind. She would have sent him an email and said, Baby, everything's lovely at home. But no, I've got a made-up mind. Daddy's got a new car for you at home. No, I've got a made-up mind. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to talk with God. You can't imagine what it feels when it comes down and consumes a sacrifice. Amen. You think I want to leave the presence of God to go back to the barnyard? You think I want to leave the presence of God to go to the needle you think I want to leave the presence of God to put a peel down my throat amen you think I want to leave the presence of God to enjoy that no 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 not on your life because that's not for me some of you in this place this morning needs to get made up in your mind that's not for me I've been there I've done that. I've got the scars to show it. And that's not for me. It feels good to lay down on your pillow at night and the devil say, what if you die before, before morning? I'm on my way to heaven. I'm on my way to heaven and I'm not worried about getting up in the morning because there's a better place. There's a better place waiting on me. Let's all stand and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's worship Him right now, church. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. It feels good to be free. It feels good to be set free. It feels good to be delivered. Come on. Can somebody praise him for deliverance? Can somebody praise him for what he's done for you? Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Magnify the Lord with me right now. Let's exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
if you are living in Egypt, which is a type of sin, and the devil's got you bound, and you can't get free, it feels good to know that your sins are forgiven. Man, it feels good to know that your sins are forgiven. And I would tell you this morning that God is in this house right now. And all you've got to do is step out by faith and say, God, forgive me. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And all the glory is going to stop. And God is going to come to your rescue. And you can leave a different person than what you came in this morning. You don't have to leave with guilt. You don't have to leave with pain. You don't have to leave with shame. But you can walk out of this place with a smile on your face and a spring in your step and never want to go back. Ooh, hallelujah. This is the best thing. This is the best thing. I would say it's better than the best drug, but there's no comparison. I would say it's better than the best alcohol, but there's no comparison. Amen. There is no way to compare the things of God. Because the things of God is not earthly, but they are heavenly. You say, who then can be saved? I come to tell you this morning... You can be saved. When you ask me, me? Yes, you can be saved. You look around this building this morning. Some of these that's got on suits and neckties didn't always wear suits and neckties. Some of these that's doing good today, they weren't always doing good. Amen. Such were some of you. But we've just been washed. Let me invite you into the kingdom today. Repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And be filled with the Holy Ghost as a spirit gives the utterance. And speak with other tongues. There is nothing in this world that will ever compare. And saints, listen at me. There is nothing in this world that will ever take the place of. Turning back is just not for me. You need to plainly say today, turning back, it's just not for me. It's not for me. It's not for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Holy Ghost move right now. Holy Ghost touch right now. Holy Ghost work right now. As we all pray and we all have our mind on God today, let's reach out to the Lord just a moment. If you're in this place and you need strength, if you're in this house and you need help, if you're in this place today and do not know God and the power of the Holy Ghost, let me invite you to this altar. It's the best decision that you will ever make in your life. And you give your life to God.
Hallelujah. Come on, church, help me pray just one more time. I, I think the Lord wants to touch somebody's heart in this place right now. Would you come today? Would you come and lift your hands toward heaven and say, Here I am, God. Here I am today. I call upon the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus right now. Holy Ghost, touch today. Holy Ghost, work today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <clears throat> Come on, church, let's gather around and worship the Lord together right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voice. Let's lift our hearts, our spirits to Him today as we magnify Him. Thank the Lord for the pit that God brought you out of. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I love you today, Holy Ghost. I love you today. Hallelujah. Why don't you worship the Lord? If you've been set free, why don't you make a joyful noise unto the Lord today? Hallelujah. If you know what it feels like to be free, why don't you make a joyful noise unto the Lord today? Hallelujah. I worship you, Holy Ghost. I worship you, Holy Ghost. I magnify you, Savior. You are worthy, you are mighty, you are powerful, oh God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus.